you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Voss for. Hi, folks. Chris Voss uh, from the Chris Voss Show. Welcome to the great show. We certainly appreciate you guys coming by. Thanks for coming in here. I uh, I know I start out the rando was, uh, ramble with something random. I was drinking my uh, little mug of uh, beverage, my water here, but it's also mixed with uh, lemon limes and uh, <clears throat> something else, and uh, just blew out my voice right as we were going to the show. So there you go. There's a fun little uh, improv ramble there. <laughs> A note to self, don't mix lemon, lime, and uh, apple cider vinegar in your intermittent fasting in the morning. Uh, hopefully, you guys are all intermittent fasting. Welcome to the show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys being here. The Chris Voss Show family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least unless you're some idiot drinking lemon, lime, apple cider vinegar on his intermittent fast in the morning. Uh, we have an amazing, fun show for you. I think you're going to enjoy it as well. Uh, we've got a, a brilliant gentleman on the on the show. He's going to be sharing his insights and everything else. But until we get to that, we're going to hold him hostage and that data hostage on what he does. It's a hostage guilt and shaming plug show. <laughs> uh, as always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives because you know what? You want them to be smarter when you're sitting around that Thanksgiving dinner this this year. So tell them to subscribe. Say, damn it, John, Bob, Mary, Moonbeam whatever uh, it's a joke uh tell them to subscribe to the chris foss show go to itunes.com for just chris no, you can't do that you just go to itunes um go to goodreads.com for just chris foss uh, linkedin.com for just chris foss youtube.com for just chris foss and see us over there in the tiktok we need older people following us over there damn it. it's like all 13 to 17 year olds uh today we have an amazing gentleman on the show we always have amazing gentle pete gentle people on the show both men and women uh and we're very inclusive that way in fact if you don't even know what you are you're welcome to come on the show uh i don't know who i am anymore uh i'm but clearly, I'm an alien from another planet, uh, or I'm adopted. I don't know which. You just pick, spin the wheel, pick your thing. Um, but uh, we have an amazing gentleman on the show. Patrick Williams joins us on the show today. He is a passionate and inspiring public speaker. He is a creativity consultant, writer, artist, independent scholar, and visionary educator. Patrick has over four decades of experience teaching and facilitating deep learning to a wide range of audiences. He's also a TEDx speaker and an award-winning artist. He has exhibited throughout the USA, Japan, and China. His art is in public and private collections, and he's represented by galleries in Chicago, uh, Seattle, Omaha, and Albuquerque. He holds black belts in karate-do. Did I get that right? You uh, got that right. Oh, wow. I'm learning. See, I learn stuff on this show all the time. So is my audience. Aikido, as well, with decades of experience training and teaching Budo. Was it Budo? Budo. Budo. Okay. Correct. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick's co comprehensive experience, expertise, and synthesis of creativity and innovation is unparalleled. Damn it. Uh, this is what we tune into the show for. We get people, guests that are unparalleled. He is the founder and president of Satori Innovation, a cre creative, creativity consulting, and ideation. Is that ideation? ideation. Accelerator Correct. there. See, I'm learning so many big words today. I'm going to be smarter, Patrick. Thanks for coming on the show. Welcome. You're welcome very much. I'm glad to be here, Chris. There you and go. That, and that was the best intro ever. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to put that on the TikTok, and we'll uh, save that for that. Um, we kind of went down a meandering thing there. I do intermittent fasting, and so uh, uh, I do too. It, it's very good for you. It's very healthy, huh? It's great for you. Mm. Yeah, I you highly go. recommend it. But uh, maybe mixing the lemon lime with the apple cider at the same time, it, yeah, I usually keep those separate, and then now I see why. So yeah. give us a .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Sure. Excellent. Satori Innovation.com and it can also be 
patrickwilliamsstaycreative.com. So both of those will go to the same website, which is my business site. And then I have a couple other sites, which, is, which are my art sites, uh, patrickwilliams.com and celebrationflowerpaintings.com, which is not only flowers, but also nature paintings, so to speak. Uh, so in those two, or those, those several places, you can find a lot about me. And I have two Instagram uh, sites, PMW Creativity and at PMW under slash camera. So one is a drawing uh, site and one is a photography site. There you go. I think I'm going to sell this drink as a as a, the, the the official Chris Voss energy drink. How to Perfect. choke yourself on the thing. Uh, so uh, you've got, I think, some of your uh, wonderful art behind you. Is that correct? Yes, I do. My mm-hmm. wife and I just had a show in here in my studio about two weeks ago. It was her first uh, two-dimensional art show. So it was a big celebration. And she sold a whole bunch of work. So it was well-received and well-liked. Uh, well Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, we should encourage our audience to, you know, most people pick this up on audio, but uh, check out the videos on all our different video formats and websites uh, to see his artwork behind him as, as we chat. So, uh, Patrick, give us a 30,000 overview synopsis of who you are and what you do in your words. Sure. I am an artist. I've been an artist since I was 10-ish and uh, have taught art, uh, taught uh, martial arts. That's what Budo translates as. Mm. I've been in uh, school systems as a visiting artist and an uh, artist in residence. And throughout all that time, I gathered a lot of uh, understanding and information about how children, but also how adults uh, learn and express. And about, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago, I started contemplating how I could help people other than just making art and teaching Mm -hmm. how I could help people with their creativity. And at the time I was living in Boulder, Colorado, which is a, a hotbed of entrepreneurship, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a lot of friends in uh, those areas and they encouraged me to do a deep dive into the business world to kind of, evaluate if I had anything to give. And the more I dug into it, the more I realized that, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of need for the kind of the special uh, areas that I am very familiar with Mm -hmm. creativity. And, and that's what I started to develop. I have uh, two manuscripts that I'm working on. One is for educators and oh. one is one is for uh, business folks entrepreneurs and and uh corporations and they're both centered around my philosophy of creativity which is what i've been developing for quite a few years just uh mentally but then the last five or six years putting it down on paper and and getting a more of a coherent sense of it and then being able to teach people that. So, and so the overview, the, the nutshell of all that is that I assist people in restoring their innate creativity. Oh. So when, when we're children, we're super creative. Mm-hmm. And often we tend to lose that. And I have uh, a lot of ways in which I talk about how that loss happens. But then I also have ways in which I both speak about, but also demonstrate and help people with exercises and trainings to get them back into their creativity. There you go. So you offer speaking workshops, uh, consulting and mentoring. Why is it important for people to get back to their creative selves? And whether it's from business or life, you know, if they're a CEO, they're executive and entrepreneur like myself, uh, why is it important for us to get back in touch with that creative side? Good question. I believe that all innovation comes from creativity. Mm-hmm. So if you are in a business and you've, you want to design a widget and you get a team together, the, the, all 
everything that leads to that innovation is going to come from the team's creativity. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it seems in my analysis that a lot of people are uh, somewhat distant from their natural abilities to be creative. So it, it's important for people to, to learn what it takes to be creative and to start having that as a, as an ongoing process, how to maintain that and sustain it mm -hmm. in their life. I, I believe being connected to creativity adds to a person's life in general, but mm -hmm. it certainly adds to your uh, business life, your business culture, your, your, whether you, even if you're not, a, if, if you're not a business that's attempting to innovate, but I think that's, I think all business are, are attempting to innovate. They're, they're, mm -hmm. They should be focused on trying to make their businesses better and better and better. And to do that, I think the basis of that comes out of creativity. There you go. And it really does. I mean, when you have to innovate, you've got to create. You've got to have out-of-the-box thinking. You've got to have original sort of type of thinking. Or, you know, we do a lot of creative swiping in corporate world. But you've got to be able to take someone else's widget and improve on it. Exactly. And uh, all that good stuff. So what, what's your origin story? What's your hero's journey? How did you grow up? Did you always know that you were, you were kind of had that artist flair? Or was it something developed? Yeah, I always knew. I was always... Uh, drawing and and painting my mom was really good at giving me the you know a bit of supplies that that i could use little watercolor sets for sure pencils and 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 paper uh and in my tedx talk i talk about kind of the the a major event in my life that sparked literally sparked a a devotion to teaching myself to draw and that started when i was about 10 and it just snowballed basically and i knew i was an artist and and i just latched a hold of that and and kept teaching myself in uh junior high i i took one art class Mm -hmm. And and just after that, I started to teach myself to paint, to act using oil paints and, and brushes, not just uh, watercolors. Or not to dismiss watercolors, but this was this was a step up from, uh, in a way, taking myself more seriously and jumping into a concept that was. It's still painting is uh, very very complex, mm -hmm. uh, but I taught myself to paint, and then eventually. In high school, I took one art class. I did probably 25, 30 stretched canvases in high school, uh, which, and they were large, you know, some were six feet by three feet, some 30 by 40 inches. So they weren't, you know, a typical beginning painter paints on eight and a half by 11 size little canvases. So I was my my thinking was big and without limit in a way. Uh, and then I decided to major in art rather than physics in college. On <laughs> basically on the way down, driving from Omaha to Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, so on the way down, I thought, you know what? I'll go for I'll go for art rather than physics, and which was a good idea. It sounds like it turned out yeah. to be a good idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. much better life path yeah. fit. <laughs> I you think know, so. <clears throat> And some people do that, you know, they, I've met people that went to college for ballet and now they're CEO of a major, you know, multi-billionaire company, you know, uh, you're just like, you're just like, wow, you, you, that, that, that was a turn, but you try stuff, different things on and you see what fits. And hopefully if you're lucky enough, you find what fits. Absolutely. There you go. I'm yeah. still trying to go down to <laughs> Ross and find what fits for me, but that's another story. Um, so this, it's a wonderful journey you've been on. Um, it, it, like you say, and, and like we've talked about, being a CEO, being an innovator, being an entrepreneur, even just being a mother or a father, trying to be creative with your kids, you know, kind of see that great creative mind. It's sad that we lose that sort of, uh, we kind of close that off. We get busy in the mundane, I suppose, and social constructs that, you know, tell us, okay, well, you got to go to do this, you got to do that, you got to do this, you got to. And most people don't think outside of the box and mm. think, Maybe there's a different way to do it. For sure. And and then I think the other the other thing about art is 
is art is really kind of it, this just kind of came to me so tell me if i'm right but art is kind of a way of almost being present and and having some gratitude and seeing the real beauty of the world and sometimes that's what we lose as adults we we get lost in all the you know the rigmarole and you know uh, making money and and uh, doing all the things we chase around in life that we don't ever stop to see the uh, the sceneries that goes by for sure and in a way that that's a that's a great description of what often especially i'm a visual artist so it it speaks mm -hmm. to me deeply of taking time to look, taking time to, and not only look, but to see, which is sort mm -hmm. of different. We, we look at a lot of things, but, but when do we have the chance to really see what we're looking at? Mm -hmm. And then once we see it, what is the next step for me as an artist to pick that as something that I want other people to see, which, mm -hmm. is, which is a big decision. Uh, there are so many, there are so many things in the world to look at, and mm -hmm. there are so many things, so many things that people have painted, and you get to the point where you have to, you have to look at the thing and say, "All right, there's something important about that, and I want to make a painting of it." Just mm -hmm. as I think in a business, someone's business, they think, "I want to do this service. I want to design this new service." Uh, software, whatever it might be to help people or a new widget to help people or whatever it might be. But it's taking all the things that people have invented and all the innovation that has happened. It's amazing. There are still things to offer people that mm -hmm. people are, are envisioning. And that to me, the envisioning part is a creative process. And I just am passionate about helping people to get back into that. The, yeah. There's a what you just said about the how people sort of lose track of being able to look and see. I call that creative colonization, oh. and I believe when people are young, all of us from birth until four, five, six, seven years old are just wildly creative. Mm -hmm. You you look at a bunch of four year olds, they're they're doing things. They're playing. They're learning. They're doing. They're using their imaginations. You can get, you can get twenty, four or five year olds together from twenty different countries that they speak none of their languages, and they will invent a game. Wow! They will just begin to play. Some they may not all play together, but they might. Mm -hmm. Some maybe ten will play with ten others or whatever it might be, but they will instantly start playing hmm. if if you take 12 year olds that probably isn't going to happen if you take 20 year olds definitely not going to happen if you take a bunch of 40 year olds it's going to be a mess <laughs> right nothing nothing playful or creative probably will come out of that but so my this is my part of my philosophy of creativity is that as we get older, we've all experienced this. And you know, I know from my experience growing up and all the people that I've communicated with and, and spoken to and the stories that I hear, that at some point, children just run out of time. And especially nowadays when there, there's not only are there extracurricular activities, but there are screens that take people away from uh, their play. So yeah. play is is adamantly connected to learning. We learn as children and even as adults through our play. So play and imagination and creativity, I, I kind of put all together in sort of one thing. It's hard to tease them apart. You can, but it's not necessary. So but that, we have to reconnect to that play part of our brain of, of trying to find that enjoyment and that uh, liveliness? For sure, yeah, and I, it's a it's a little picky, but I would say our mind because I think mm -hmm. we're there's more to us than our brains are awesome. You know, mm -hmm. I love that I have a brain. We we can do this right now, but I feel like my my mind is has much more going on than just my brain. That's so true. Minds are minds gather information. You you talk about. Uh, 
the experience of getting an idea. And so often people say, I have no idea where that came from. Mm -hmm. I've experienced it. I'm sure you've experienced it. And they, we're not, I'm, I'm not talking the invention of a, the light bulb kind of idea. Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes that happens. But I'm talking about ideas that are just like, wow, that, that's a really good idea. I should, I should do that on the show, right? You know, yeah. you're thinking and suddenly it's like, oh, I got to do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Where did that come from? And I believe it comes from mind with a capital M that's whatever we call that, you know, God or spirit or whatever, mm -hmm. the all that exists. We, we tune into something in just the right way at just the right time. And, and that's where the idea uh, comes from. So is that the, is that the creative colonization? Well, the creative colonization comes when, when someone at home, someone out in the world, or someone at school, and often, sadly, and sometimes mostly unintentionally, but sometimes intentionally, teachers will say things that will stifle or shut down uh, a child's creativity. And that's what I describe as colon creative colonization. Oh. So it's just like... Uh, the millennia of, of uh, years of other cultures going into another culture and colonizing. They take away their traditions. They take away their religion. They take away their language. And that's what I, I, I chose the word specifically because it, I believe it is really intense for children to lose that, that connection to their creativity mm -hmm. because it is directly related to how they learn. They learn through their play, imagination, and, and creativity. So it's almost as if the colonization has taken away our original language of wow. how, we, how we put the world together. Because it we, becomes a brain, a, uh, a group think, maybe? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, it is. It's the, because everybody, all the kids are experiencing comments or... or uh, experiences, events that shut their creativity down or it, it, they hear something that it's like, Ooh, I don't, I shouldn't dance anymore because you know, the teacher and four of the kids made fun of me and I'm not going to do that anymore. It's kind of self-preservation. So mm -hmm. the colonization can happen in all these really subtle different ways. You know, kids are, Kids are super sensitive and they're still learning. I mean, we're all learning about the world that never ends, but mm -hmm. kids are sponges. So every little tiny nuance makes, makes a impression on them and impacts them. Yeah. So, so when, when the, it, it's just that there's less and less time basically for children to be in their play in their creativity and in their imagination. So that's the, that's kind of the slow, attrition of of how creativity gets colonized and then i describe uh creative uh collapse it and that's either because of the slow chipping away of mm -hmm. children's creativity or it's an event and you may have had an event in your life as a child i've talked to lots of people who say that this third grade teacher we were doing this drawing exercise and she took my paper up to the front and showed the class and said, this is not how you do it. This is a, this drawing isn't, isn't good at all. Oh. I've had somebody tell me this story and she didn't draw. That was third grade. And she didn't draw until we had a meeting and, and she showed me a drawing of a plant the next day that she sent me. And that was the first time in um, 20 plus years that she hadn't, hadn't drawn. And there it was just a, a matter of, basically giving her permission mm -hmm. to go back in time in a way to reconnect with herself that knew it was a good drawing, but, yeah. but the teacher just happened to say, nah, that's, that's teacher's, not what I, yeah. Teacher's one of the dumb art critics. I'm just kidding <laughs> people. Uh, it's the, uh, and you know, uh, and, 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 and what, what is the thing about art and beauty and everything else? It's perspective. So, you know, it's a subjective and perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, if you love doing something, you know, 
I love doing certain things and uh, like my podcast and you know sometimes I walk off a show and I'm like I don't care if anybody listens to that show yeah. I love that show uh-huh. I had fun I, le- I learned a lot of shit and uh I had an amazing fun conversation and and uh I don't I don't I don't really care it's a great show and I don't, I don't care if anybody listens to it and you know the fortunately people do listen to it but having that perspective where you enjoy your art you enjoy your work and uh you know usually if you're good enough you work hard enough and master it it'll be there do you find that what do, what do you think about kids one of the things that kids nowadays are are really challenged by is is they've cut a lot about a lot what they're available i think they've cut art classes i know they've cut like uh playtime you know recess and stuff uh no they've cut a lot of creative stuff like music and things like that and then you know now we have these devices that instead of like sitting around like you and i probably did as kids and we're like uh hey let's go you know do something or make something or play with legos or you know uh, play in the dirt with their tonka trucks you know they're basically kind of zombified where they're looking at their their computers going drilling out the side of their mouth and their creativity is stunted maybe because instead of coming up with stuff to do they're just being programmed and fed totally yes Mm -hmm. and the the actually there are studies that go all the way back to the 50s with respect to television Mm -hmm. and and the detriment of television hours watched by children and how that affects all levels of cognition and, and interaction, uh, communication. So on one level in, in a way academics and teachers have known, you know, that was 70 years ago that that screen was detrimental, but then the development of these smaller and smaller screens are certainly detrimental. For, for children are, you know, speaking to, the, to that positive part of having a brain, our brains develop until we're 25 years old. Ah. So having, having a device that is uh, sort of unconnecting one to the outside world, but also unconnecting them to their inside world is detrimental. Children, mm-hmm. I, it's, I, I, I think it's unavoidable for children today to not have some level of connection to a screen, but I think that that connection should be very, very uh, limited and, 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 and shifted from into minutes rather than hours or, or tens of hours or however many hours the average is, which is probably scary to both of us if we knew yeah most definitely the uh uh you know one of the uh things is 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 these kids um we've had some people that are like brain people scientists and they've said one of the problems that we have with their screens is it we see two-dimensional and we're still not formatted as a species to see that and understand that we're used to sitting across from each other and a human basis touching, shaking hands, uh, you know, hugging, uh, seeing facial expressions, reading them, body language and stuff like that. Absolutely. And we lose a lot of that in the TD screen, 2D screens and our brains really struggle with the functionality of that and, in, in development. Absolutely. So I think that's a big thing too. Yeah. I just did a, a workshop, uh, in, I was here at home. It was a workshop on zoom with an audience mainly in Australia, but all over the world. And it was incredibly challenging. It was, it was a good workshop, but mm-hmm. the challenge was that I could see people, but I couldn't see everybody. Mm-hmm. And, but in a room, I, I can feel the energy, for, for better term. I can see people's facial expressions as we do in a room of people, if we're discussing things with, with folks, uh, you can, you can read their body language much better. You can, you can sense if they are paying attention much mm-hmm. better in a room with, with 10 or a hundred people. It, uh, so it was, it, it, it was, uh, much more exhausting to do that workshop than a workshop with people with people. I get energized. 
but I was putting so much, in a way, I was putting so much energy into the screen, so to speak, mm -hmm. but without being able to read it. Yeah. Yeah. Like with you, I, I do a bunch of podcasts, and I, this is, even if it's only audio when it's uh, put online, mm -hmm. I much more enjoy being able to see you right now. Yeah. Because I can read you. I can see, I yeah. can see that you just smiled, you know, uh, that, yeah. that changes every, if, if I didn't see you at all, I wouldn't know how you took that. So, yeah. so the, 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 I totally agree with this, this sense of the two dimensionality of the screen and how we, we need that three dimensional interaction. Mm -hmm. And, and so I don't, important. yeah. And I don't think it, who knows the you know it's just in the beginning even though it's been around for 30 years the vr is an interesting quality that is a faux three-dimensional uh reality so at at some level in our minds we know that it's not real but we suspend that but how does that still almost translate as a as a two-dimensional experience, possibly, or one-dimensional, I, I think. I don't know. There you go. Uh, so, you know, unlocking the ability to be creative, be innovative, one of the challenges you get into when you own companies or you're a CEO or you're an entrepreneur is you get locked in the whole MBA, MBA-ism of mm -hmm. it. You know, the data, the numbers, yep. the charts, the surveys, right. you know, and then you try and innovate and you're trying to be like, how can I create... Uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Tell us how you help open up that mind. You know, uh, as a, here as a side to, you know, one of the one of the problems I always have had in business was I could think from a business format, but all my offices have white walls. Uh, you know, I don't, and and so when I walk into like, you know, like some nice restaurant like PF Chang's or something, um, you know, and you see the artwork and the oh. beauty and the, you know, somebody you know thought out how you know everything is arranged and how it looks and and how it appeals to the eye i don't have that quality i know how to build you a widget and uh, black and white and all that good stuff um tell us how you you help uh entrepreneurs and ceos and people break out of that and and more into where they can be more creative sure that's that's a super question and it's the the beginning of it is where it's the most challenging part with respect to the intangibleness of mm -hmm. creativity. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the point that I, I thought of a, a few minutes ago to, and this was a great segue into that, is that what I'm doing is not teaching people how to make art. Mm -hmm. I'm teaching people how to restore their connection to their creativity, which is two different things. If, if let, let's say I'm meeting with, 10 CEOs mm -hmm. and, and one of them, they all get something out of the workshop or the training mm -hmm. with respect to restoring their creativity. And one of them comes back to me, sends me an email six months later and says, Patrick, I'm writing poetry. Holy crap. And, and I would do the same thing. I'd be like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it wasn't my intention, but what I'm doing opens up that, uh, that possibility, that valve, so to speak. And that, mm -hmm. and basically that's a good analogy. Our valves through creative colonization and creative collapse get shut. Mm -hmm. And I just help people nudge it open up a, a little bit and hopefully they'll turn it on full force. So if somebody calls back and says, you know, I'm writing poetry, I started a dance class. I'm, I picked up my guitar after 40 years. That's, those are all icing on the cake, right? Yeah. But my focus is to assist them into uh, rediscovering their creative energies, their creative sparks inside. And so one of the ways, or you know, there are many ways that I approach this, but one of the ways you, you kind of touched on it, that you have a white room that's, you know, nothing's on the wall and you go out to a, out at a restaurant and they're like, wow, this is cool. You know, there, yeah. there's plants, there's paintings, there's cool lighting fixtures, all of that exactly is designed and it's designed from someone's creative energy. Mm -hmm. They have an ability to picture the space 
and say, you know what, we need this kind of lighting here. We need this kind of, these kinds of plants, these, whatever it might be, the color scheme, all that goes into their creative sparks that, that happen in a space. Mm-hmm. One of the things I help people with is that they, they don't necessarily have to redesign their, their office, their cubicle or whatever, but they need to bring mm-hmm. something into their space or a number of things mm-hmm. that connect them to their sense of creativity. So this mm-hmm. may mean this, this pushes people to, to reach back into their memory and say, wow, when I was four years old, what did I like to play with? You know, was it, it, it could have been matchbox cars or, you know, this would date me, of course. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so whatever it might be, just if you have one still, or just go out and get one, get on eBay and buy a matchbook car that you had possibly, you know, whatever, however many hundreds of decades ago it was, bring that into your, your, your office or you set it on your desk, but also have a few more things that are and as different as possible. So in, in, I, I talk about the, the necessity, me as a visual artist, of having a studio that has stuff in it that makes no sense to anybody. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense to me, but I need it for whatever reason. I need this shell or this, this, uh, I've collected a bunch of the, 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 well, there's the outer shells of locust, right? Oh, yeah. I had one on my my studio step the other day. I took a, it's on my Instagram, uh-huh. and I, I saw it coming out in the morning. I sit and I, I write in my journal and I do a morning meditation drawing, uh-huh. and and I saw it. It was just start. The wings were like this long at first, and then like an hour and a half later, the wings were all the way out. I took a photo of it, and uh-huh. but I kept that little the little husk of of uh-huh. what it was before. So. You, you collect things that have an interest to you that spark something. Mm-hmm. I encourage people to make a little pile of those things. So when you're needing to go into another space, if you can't make a whole room your creative room, look at that pile of interesting, wacky things, and it will help you get into the framework because mindset is is a huge part of, of creativity. You, you mm-hmm. have to be, you have to have ways to get into these mindsets that are uh, outside of your normal way of, of, of doing routines. Mm-hmm. And that the, the creative, the creative essence happens in those other Mindsets. I, I also encourage people to do what I call domain shifting. So there's a team of 10 people you have. Let's say you have a team and you're going to design a widget or you're going to design a new, you're going to design the new look for the Chris Voss show for 2024. Mm-hmm. So what I would assign you is for the next four months in September, you're going to take your team and you're, all the team's going to have a team journal mm-hmm. individually. You're going to have one as the team leader and you're going to go to a jazz club and listen mm-hmm. to jazz. And you're yeah. going to have, you're going to have your, your journals with you. And at some time during the evening, I encourage all of you to think about the project as you're listening to the, whoever's playing, let's say mm-hmm. it's a trio, you know, you're mm. some, some guys just riffing on the sax going just an amazing solo that lasts for like four minutes. And this gives you a time to kind of sink into your project and it will allow thoughts that are uh, from all over the place to coalesce and you can jot some ideas down, whatever they might be. It may, it could seem like gibberish and it may always seem like gibberish, but it might spark something. And if you put all 11 of you together, the 10 team members and you, then there's going to be a lot of thoughts that happen during the jazz concert that are going to be helpful 
to envision the new look of your show. Then the next month, I want you all to go to a museum. If you have a museum in town, mm -hmm. if you have a gallery, either of those are fine. But use the time to walk through the gallery together with your notebook and jot little things down that just pop in. So this is cross-domain shifting. So you're going into, you're not going to go, your, your team isn't going to go to the Patrick Williams show, you know, and, and look at it. You could get information if I had a show like yours from sitting in on my show. Of course, you might get some ideas. But this shifts your mind into a whole new set of, of uh, information that's coming at you. Then the next uh, month in November, go to a poetry uh, 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 evening mm. or, or even a poetry slam or, or even a hip hop a slam, whatever, just to experience poetry. Same thing. Sit down at your tables, have a libration, write down in your journal things that come to you. Then the next month, and this is this one I really like, is that that all of you you find out what the what the four most interesting buildings are in your city, and you mm -hmm. go visit them. Ah, like and those you, old cool looking buildings, or cool type buildings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. you spend time outside, you spend time inside, and you just allow because when you're in a space like that you can feel how much attention was given to the construction, the design, the, mm -hmm. why the doors are the way the doors look. That was, that was thought out. There was a very specific reason why the door looks like that, but why all the doors look like they do, because they all reflect all the doors and what the windows look like and how the windows reflect how all the windows look. They may change, but there is some kind of relationship that the architect, hopefully, if they're any good, had the windows on the first floor are this shape and this dimension. The windows on the second floor are half that shape and half that dimension. On the third floor, they're a third, something like that. So there's always something going on that you can pick out that is specific to the architect and the architecture that will also inform you just like jazz will inform you and poetry will inform you there you go and i i love how uh opening up that valve as you said it uh basically creates a spillway to to other things and i wrote about this in my book beacons leadership about how uh i would use getting away for the weekend with your yellow pad and yeah. just getting out of the environment because sometimes you you sit in that office man and you just, you got no new ideas Right. Getting out of into a new environment, being present in the world, is is super important. the uh, uh, The thing I was going to ask you is um, one one of the one one of the things about being creative is it like a muscle where mm. like you know like with comedy you have to keep writing jokes if you want to keep being funny you have to keep practicing uh, if you want to write stuff whether it's for a book or whether it's from just writing articles or poetry you've got to keep writing is it like a muscle where you've got to you know keep feeding that and keep working it out like the gym absolutely for sure and and i believe that the the more as an example the my instagram pmw creativity is six and a half years plus of basically drawing two circles and making marks this year is a little different, 2023. I've, I'm drawing three circles and making marks. In the year 2020, I drew the entire year, I drew everything with my non-dominant hand. I used my left hand to make all the drawings. Oh, wow. And that started out the first four weeks was really clunky and uh -huh. really, really uh, challenging for me because it wasn't, it wasn't up to my, the feel that I wanted. But it, it became better and better and better as the year went on. So, so the, the concept is, is taking something and turning it into, instead of just a practice, turning mm -hmm. it with a lowercase p, turning it into a practice with a capital P. So mm -hmm. a practice with a capital P is how we exercise, if we think of it this way, the, the muscle of our creativity. Mm -hmm. Lowercase practices are are not as as focused or they don't have the commitment 
that's necessary to 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 create something that is that is, that begins to be meaningful to you on all levels so mm -hmm. when when you're when i'm when i'm doing the morning meditation drawing it it is both a practice and a and as the name implies it's a meditation it, it allows me to just not be concerned with what i'm drawing but still make a drawing that is surprising to me that's what i'm what i'm interested in so so, so you do a morning meditation drawing is that yeah. every morning is that every a morning mm -hmm. yeah every morning for I like this idea like six and a half years and, it, and mm -hmm. it's one of the exercise that exercises that i do with people mm -hmm. is that i have them draw two circles and make marks and then mm -hmm. do it again and then do it again and do it again and do it again do it again so when go. that happens, it, it gets people to loosen up mm -hmm. uh, physically. It gets people to loosen up uh, mind-wise. And it and it allows, just like going to see the poetry or the, the architecture or the, the jazz, it, it softens your uh, intensity of trying to get something to happen, right? Mm -hmm. part, of, part of what we're doing is, and you, you mentioned this a couple times, is that you you're going to have a meeting next week for the Chris Voss show to redo 2024. Mm -hmm. And that meeting is, we're going to design everything that's going to be different. And it's like, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, you, it's, it's a great idea. It's, it looks, yeah. it looks great on paper, but it probably is not going to work. Yeah. It, it's a process. You have to build up to, uh, exercising those creative muscles, so to speak. There you go. You know, I, I, I love this idea um, because I'm always trying to innovate. You know, if you run a company, if you're a business entrepreneur, if, or you're just running your life, you've always got to be improving. You always got to be getting better. You always got to be seeking out, you know, it, no matter how many times you innovate that widget, it, there's still more room for innovation. Absolutely. And if you don't, your, your competitors will. For sure. Um, and they'll meet you, they'll beat you the market. Um, but having these sort of concepts like you do, um, you know, recently I was suffering from a little bit of burnout. Um, and um, I think it was, I think it was last week. I just felt kind of beat up and run down and we were pushing really hard for the end of the final fiscal year mm. uh, to get everything published. And uh, I was feeling really burnt out. And so I did something that I used to do when I was uh, a photographer for a while where I used to go on day jaunts and I would just drive up the coast of California. Nothing really, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just like, just drive until you stop and see something and photograph it. And I would just, I would call it my wandering. What are you going to do today, Chris? I'm going to go wander around. I'll go down to Venice Beach, which you've probably been to, and it's a great place for artists. And uh, there's a lot of interesting people there. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's just, it's, it's so rich for art and interesting people and photography. Because if you like weird people that uh, are, you know, sometimes a little bit strange, it, it's right. a great place to go people watching. Yeah. And so I would just sit on the, I would get a, one of the restaurants where I could shoot my long 200 lens down. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people really wouldn't pick up that I was photographing them and, you know, you're shooting down the boardwalk and, and I would just shoot people and, and it was just wild. Some of the pictures you get and, and how people are sometimes in their own thing or if they're funky, very artist sort of people and they're moving, mm. uh, you know, you just, you just see all sorts of stuff at Venice beach. Um, and then what I did last week was I haven't, I, I've gotten back into records. Uh, Metallica, this new album brought me back into records and I have a huge record collection in the storage thing of, of a bunch of Rush collectibles. I'm a big fan mm. of theirs and, and other bands. And uh, it turns out uh, LPs and records are back. Even tapes, they're making Indeed. tapes now, cassette tapes again. And uh, so I've started collecting stuff. And so I went and said, you know what, I'm going to go to record stores. You know, I don't know about you, but in the old days, we used to go to record stores oh, and yeah. spend four or six hours on a weekend looking through. Stuff, going through yeah, the yeah. thing. And I'm like, screw it. And there's actually some old ones that I used to go to like 20, 30 years ago. They're still open. Nice. It's so like, I'm just going to go record store hopping. And this is what I did. I just went, just as like, screw it. And I'm not really going to look for any sort of record. I'm just going to see what there is. Perfect. And it was fun. It was that old, beautiful smell of old records. Oh, yeah. 
and stuff. Yeah. And so sometimes just doing that where you're in that creative process, like you've talked about where you're, there's really no agenda, but it's that just agenda to be creative. Absolutely. Yeah. You were domain shifting. Ah, there you yeah. Go. Yeah. You were shifting out of your regular world mm-hmm. and, and the, uh, the, one of the definitions of play of true play uh, mm-hmm. comes as a, spontaneous and undirected process. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what you just described. Yeah. You, you were like, you had the idea, the creative spark. It's like, you know what? I'm going to visit some record shops. Yeah. And, and that was spontaneous and undirected. And you didn't yeah. have, you didn't have a, a goal. Like yeah. I'm going to get a hundred albums or I'm going to get 10 or I'm, whatever, you know, you were just like, that was play. That was yeah. pure, raw, childlike play, which is highly uh, valuable. It's a yeah. gift. Yeah. And and then I got hungry, and so <laughs> I I kind of have this thing where I love trying new places to eat. I get tired of going to the same place. Yeah. Right? I know sure. the menu. Some people like it and it's comforting, but I get tired of it. This is probably why I'm still single. And so uh, and so I just put into Yelp and I look for some places. Turns out it's right around the corner from this old, like, 1800s building that mm. still had, it used, it was an old market store, and it still had these old, thick rails that you would slide the meat on. Yeah, right. From, and these rails are, like, from the 1800s. They're so old. The whole place was older than hell. And, uh, uh, and, and it was a barbecue place. And it purported to have Texas mm. barbecue, which in mm. Utah, where I'm at right now, you know, they don't, if they say barbecue, you're like, yeah, right, man. But it's got to have pickles and, and bread, uh, white bread. And so I went in and sure enough, they had, they were bringing wood from Texas. They had all the Texas set up. Wow. And I had this great meal and I discovered on Yelp and it was just total improv, total improv. Just like, I'm just going to go eat at a cool place. Try something I've tried before. Fabulous. And uh, so I highly recommend uh, what you recommend and, and doing more of it. And maybe I need to do that morning meditation thing. I Absolutely. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and so swinging back just a little bit to your experience, mm-hmm. tell me what, how did that affect your, where you started? You said you mm-hmm. were feeling super stressed. Yeah, I was so pretty what, burnout and yeah, just what, kind of fried. Right. Like just fried. Like I'm, I'm tired of thinking about everything. I'm tired of having to do everything. I'm trying to be everything for everybody and, you know, be the boss. I mean, that's one of the things that run you down as a CEO. You're right. like, you know, the buck stops here. You're like, I, I want to go someplace where there's no bucks that no stop bucks. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there's no one coming at me going, Hey, we got to have it. We got this right now. Right. right. You know, you, you're yeah. not, you know, you're not performing for people. You know, we do a lot of that here on the show sure. where you, you know, it's a show you for come sure. on, you perform for people. You're trying to make people laugh, you're trying to entertain them. You know, you just kind of, it, it's a bit selfish. You're kind of just kind of doing something for yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. Just the wandering. And yeah. Just so, not, so not what did you feel like? What did you feel like during the wandering? Mm-hmm. And then after I felt good and it reset me, yeah. it refilled Excellent. my cup. Fabulous. And uh, I was able to come back and and be like, hey, I feel I feel good again. Mm. And you just you just you just you feel refilled. And then I had a sense of fun, and I probably felt creative. Yeah, as we've talked about, and uh, an adventure. And now I want to go do it again. <laughs> <laughs> good. I, I think that should be it. I I think that's a great if you're if you're okay for you know I'd love to use that both the story but also please do. But the, the, the title, The Wandering, yeah, I the mean, wandering. That, that's perfect. It's a perfect, a perfect way to describe it. And that's, that's how you bring things into your, your existence. There's, yeah. a, there's a great book, book that I, 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 it's just a really fun book. And I, and I just discovered that this guy has published uh, a few more. His name is uh, Mason Curry. And mm-hmm. the book is called Daily Rituals, How Artists Work. Mm-hmm. So... It, in a way, it gives you an insight into both painters, writers, scientists, uh, musicians, and he, he goes way, I don't know how far back he goes, maybe to the 1500s, maybe further, I can't remember. But one of the things that most everybody did, especially before 1900, was take walks. 
just go outside. You know, pull the hell like, outside, oh, people. Oh, who'd have thunk it? Right? It's like, come <laughs> on, this just walk outside. Just stand there at least. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to walk anywhere, but just mm -hmm. get outside and stand in the sunshine or stand in the rain. Take your shoes and socks off and put yeah, your feet like in that. the grass. Like that's that. gonna. That's gonna. It, that energizes your body beyond belief, but just that tweak mm -hmm. to go out, you know, sure. If you're in New York city, it's, it's a, it's a bit of an issue, but you can get to central park and, and take a walk. And that's, that's your best option, but, but it is nature. So, so take advantage of that, but, but taking a walk, you know, just like, mm -hmm. you know, the wander. I love that. Yeah. And and you're looking, you're 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 not really looking for something, but if you see something, you do what you do in art. You appreciate it, and you 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 uh, you create a memory point for it and stuff. But yeah, I love wandering, and one of the one of the important aspects of that is, you know, not really having an agenda. So my you know my whole life is agenda, and at one time we had multiple companies, and you know it was it was a lot of work, and the only time I could really vacation was to get away for weekends. Mm. So I'd fly out to Catalina Island, or or you know go go someplace uh, that you could do on a quick jaunt, or you can even go local and just run a you know a bed and breakfast, sure. meet meet the people or run it, you know go find someplace. I, I like to go someplace that's kind of off the city base. Mm -hmm. Although there are cool things in the city too, like we talked about. Um, when I went to the record store and buildings and stuff, but um, you know, God bless them. I sometimes I'd have a girlfriend. Like we have to have agenda. We have to have a. We got to do this. 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 Where are we going for dinner? And you're like, hey, no, 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 no. You don't understand. That's my whole life right now, right? Yeah. Right. Nine to five. It's, yeah. it, it, it didn't end at five, but you know, I just want to go wander mm. and sometimes it would make them mental, which is <laughs> fine. And sometimes I just go on my own. Cause I'm like, I'm just yeah. going to do what I want. And so I used to love to go to Catalina and mm. they're like, what are you going to do? I'm just going to walk, walk around the beach. And I go out on Catalina. I'd sit at 3am in the morning nice. in the middle of the night. And like you say, put my feet in the sand yep. and just hear the waves. Totally. see the lights and think of all the people that have been there and for sure um i love doing things that are are, are kind of solitary too like mm. i last night i was at the gym i think about three or four a.m there was almost nobody in it it was just so nice just to be able to walk around and kind of do whatever i wanted lift what i wanted right totally. i have to wait for a machine yeah. nobody's you know, watching yeah nobody you know, who's watching yeah. you know i don't have to i don't have to look at all the chicks and go hey we should ask her out um so uh, anything, our final words as we go out, anything you want to pitch or, uh, any final thoughts you have? I, I have a few final thoughts, but a short story okay. about wandering. When my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we flew into Merida in the Yucatan mm -hmm. and I said, let's rent a car. And we rented this little red, uh, uh, beetle bug, VW mm -hmm. bug. And she said, well, where are we going? And I said, let's go that way. And we just drove off and we discovered all kinds of stuff. And we eventually drove kind of west until we got to the Caribbean and we had reservations a, a week later. But that week in between, we just, we did what you were, the wander. Yeah. We just wandered around from city to city and discovered things. And it was, it was quite remarkable. You must just flip a coin. You know, yes. should we go left or should we go right? Exactly, and and you will you will discover things. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. the first time I discovered Caprese was on that Fourth Street walk. I think in in Santa Monica, is it the Fourth Street walk? Um, but they have all these great restaurants, and they have a thoroughput where everyone can walk through between all these great uh, food and buildings and shops and stuff. Nice. Fourth, Fourth Street Promenade. Uh, there's one in Denver too. I might be confusing it with. Mm, right, 16th but, Street in Denver. Yeah, 16th yeah. Street is yeah. so awesome. Yeah. And even then, I've had uh, different um, just wandering through there. I've had different amazing places I eat, and I, I discovered Caprese salads one time. Went in nice. this great place, and they're like, uh, I was like, let's try this buffalo Caprese salad thing, and I've been in love with them ever since. But I remember that moment to this day. And I was yeah. like, wow, what if I turn left instead of right? Right. You know, yeah. you just never know where life is. You just never know. Yeah. So uh, give us your final thoughts and plugs as we go out on the show, please. 
Sure. Well, I, I just really enjoyed our, our conversation, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, final plugs. I just, I'm available for people who are interested in taking their innovation to the next level. And I can be reached. My, my email is patrick at patrickwilliams.com. I bought the domain in 1997. Mm-hmm patrickwilliams.com so it has been a with me all all these years i can uh you can look me up on satori innovation.com patrickwilliams.com celebration flower paintings.com uh and i'd be happy to help whoever is out there and interested in learning more about their creativity there you go. There you go. Well, it's been wonderful and very insightful. I've learned a lot, Patrick, to have you on the show. And you've, you've given me some tools that I can use as a CEO to, you know, go out, get out of my, get out of my little four walls, out of my box, and, and go focus on some beauty. And I'm going to go do more wandering. More wandering is absolutely awesome. <laughs> yeah, because eventually the older I get, the more I'm probably going to wander. But mostly <laughs> drool will be coming down the side of the road. Where but don't, am I? Get, don't get hit by a bus. Yeah, don't get hit by a bus. That's bad. I'm almost there now. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Chris youtube.com, Chris linkedin.com, Chris and uh, TikTok at Voss one of the Chris Voss Show podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. And there you go, man.